Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the 40th uh, episode of Toaster Talk on the Toast Network. Uh, we've been quiet for a bit, but we decided to come back and do a mid-season review of the season that's been so far. And there's been a lot of action off the track while everyone's on a break and get back into the season towards the end of the month uh, with the Dutch Grand Prix. But before that, welcoming our familiar finalists on the show, Sunny and Naren. Welcome on board to yet another episode of Toaster Talk. Why don't we start around with what are like the key thoughts on your mind at this moment from a mid-season perspective? Either uh, we can start off with on the track and then head over to some of the stuff that's happening off the track. We could probably start off with you, Narin. Hey, Vivek. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, first half of the season has been more or less um, pretty clear on who will be the world champion uh, because uh, of what has been happening. Now, like we were discussing in the previous shows, it's now more related to who will be the second in the drivers. Uh, at least for now, it looks even clear the second will be more or less Paris, uh, who will be three, four, five in the drivers, who will be the second in the constructors. That being said, uh, the second half of the season will be a little more interesting to see because um, McLaren upgrades have been really good and they've been consistently performing in the last two races. So is Williams' upgrades. Uh, William has been very good in the last race, especially Albon was really good. So considering all of that, um, we will definitely have an exciting second half uh, with the likes of McLaren, uh, also Mercedes uh, and Williams doing their bit to trying to come up. So yeah, I'm just waiting for it uh, the second half of the season to unfold and see and watch what is happening with all the drivers. Yeah, that's how I take. Yeah, and I mean, McLaren's getting podiums. Uh, Ferrari squeezed in a podium. Mercedes has squeezed in a podium in the last few races. So all the upgrades are sort of playing out. Sunny, how about you? What's your take on how we'll be looking at the season so far? And what would that mean going forward? Well, yeah, Vivek, and you know, to all of our viewers, to be honest, this season has been pretty uh, flat. Nothing much interesting has been happening on the track and off the track. And it's, you know, it's, um, for lack of a word, maybe hurts me as well to say this, but there's really been no action. There's been very predictable. We know who's going to win even uh, before the race begins. And to be honest, even the driver's city season and the bickering between teams, which happened in 2021, We've seen none of that. We've seen no competitive racing at the front. Yes, okay, we've had some good midfield action. But really, nobody's that particular, nobody's that bothered about the midfield. We all want to see racing at the front, but that's not happened. And so I have to say that um, this season has been quite flat. And um, worryingly still, there is no indication that it's going to change in the second half as well. With the tweaking of the format and stuff, any thoughts there, like, you know, with the whole sprint racing S, uh, you know, S qualifying the S sprint race. What's your um, on that format? It's good, but at the end of the day, we want to see action for the main race. We want to see teams competitive, and even um, Max pointed this out. We can do all of these tweaks and um, all of these uh, giggles, you know, hit and giggles. It's it's fine, but we're addressing the wrong problem. the The main problem is 
the spread in performance between the teams is too wide. And that is the reason why the main racing is not so attractive and compelling. And so to try and address that, we have all of these uh, tweaks in the sprint and all of these um, extra activities, but that's really not addressing the main problem. What we need to do is have competitive action and the teams bunch together. And probably we won't feel the need for all of these um, extra uh, races, like the sprint races, sprint qualifying, which is good. It's a great initiative, but that's not the problem. But Naren, what would your take be like? I mean, if I think of it, if I go back to history of F1, We've always seen these periods of domination. Maybe the current domination is way, 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 way ahead of what we have seen in recent past. But in general, we've always seen phases of domination, whether it was the Mercedes domination for a bit, it was Red Bull before that, it was Ferrari before that. It's always been the case. So does F1 need to do something really drastically different to make sure to what Sunny's point is, that cars can be bunched up uh, yeah, so I would like to add on to what Sunny was saying. What he was saying was completely true. Um, the the spread of what is happening or uh, the three different days is most likely to fill up tickets and fill up seats. I was incidentally trying to go to the Belgian Grand Prix and I was seeing that the the price, uh, the ticket price in euros was somewhere around. Um, uh, Thousand thousand five hundred, which is which for the three three days too much. Thousand five hundred euros is a little too much. That's when I understood that uh, if you actually want to go watch a race live, which obviously is like fanless like us, uh, will be uh, worthwhile thing to do. It's so much expensive, and that's a way for them to cover all the costs that's been incurred by them. Um, so. I would, I would probably say we have to bring not just uh, rules to how the race goes. Probably you have to bring in more engineering rules so the racing is com competitive. Uh, the drivers are going for the gaps. And uh, if you see previously, uh, the gap between the first 10 drivers is not more than 2 seconds. Now if you see, the gap between the first and the second driver is 20 seconds. Or even 30 seconds. Even plus 1 lap. So that's something we have to address, uh, and I completely agree with what uh, Sunny was saying. So we have to probably bring in more uh, rules to the engineering, bring in more cost cap, uh, try to you know be a little strict with the rules, and also not penalize at the wrong areas. So let me ask both of you. Uh, there was this thing called A1, started by Dubai where they said that F1 has become more of a money bags thing. You know, teams with the most money, with the best cars are winning the race and it's not really about the best driver on the track. So they said, we are going to come up with A1 where all the cars have the same specs and the drivers have to battle it out. Now, clearly that, I think they did two seasons and then they closed out because there was not much viewership on that. But what are your thoughts if F1 were to come up with a similar rule where everyone has the same car? Uh, can I? Or please yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you have the same spec all throughout the race, and probably let's assume that it's the same spec for the next three years. 
there would be no room for innovation there will be no room uh, to build uh, to you know create to build a magnificent car like how f1 is doing because we all know that f1 is the pinnacle of engineering progress if you have the same car which means that it is left to the skill of the driver alone but if you look at a racing perspective in, uh, in as a whole it's not just the driver who has to do everything it's also the car that has to perform and if you don't take into account the engineering prowess that is required to build a build a very good car you might actually lose interest and it was i was not surprised that uh, a one lost its was closed down because it had no viewership if you don't actually follow or if you don't actually innovate uh, that's the same anywhere if you don't learn if you don't innovate you will probably go behind the race pack and you will stay there while everyone is going forward so that would be my take yeah what do you say i think one of the most underrated skills of formula 1 drivers is the ability to inspire the team you see we very often we hear about driver feedback and rallying the entire engineering team to produce a car the greatest drivers are able to do this in fact that is what separates the really legendary great drivers from the drivers who are not at the very top and so if we make f1 a spec series we are eliminating one of the most important skills of what makes an excellent driver and that is the ability to design the car and provide the necessary feedback to those engineers that is the reason why a1 did not work and if we try and force it in, in f1 it will likely be a flop as well got it cool so clearly no plans for a1 we'll stick to our f1 uh you know as we get to mid season there's also a lot of conversations of what the driver lineup would look like potential changes uh into next season mid season we've already seen a change but and also from a driver's perspective right as they see the season play out everyone's also trying to figure out their own careers so maybe we can kind of go like constructor by constructor to just see what your thoughts are on how the teams have performed this year and what do you think are potential moves that the drivers could have or what would their strategy be any thoughts that you have around it right so let's start from the top obviously red bulls up there max has one of the longest uh, contracts so he's not going anywhere and with a car like that i don't think he'd want to go anywhere but what are your thoughts about checo may i go here yeah we've spoken about and you know um red bull was in fact my favorite team um even from 5 years back so you know there's been a lot of talk about uh checo perez's form and rightly so there you know, is checo perez is underperforming and this and that which is all true um despite that he is being he is second in the championship he is still underperforming in the car and a long way behind behind uh, behind max and there's a lot of oh should we bring in this person and that person to to partner um can he replace checo now all of this is discussion is fine but let's think about this from red bull's perspective now from their perspective they think we have a driver who is currently second in the championship who is a long way behind max we yes we can bring in a more competitive teammate but that can that low, that could possibly antagonize max and that could cause friction because then you have you might have teammate um battle so you'd rather have a second driver who's a long way off um a long way out behind 
and Max are just keep it that way. Anyhow, they're first in the championship. They're second in the championship as well in the drivers, now with uh, Checo. They're winning both championships. Why should they change? Despite Checo under, underperforming, there's, from Red Bull's perspective, he's doing fine. And there's no reason for them to change. That makes sense. Uh, Narin, anything on that? Plus, we probably talk about Mercedes. Okay, so um, me being a huge Checker fan myself, seeing him rise through the ranks from being in uh, Racing Point to uh, being in Red Bull and competing against Max Verstappen, bringing in wins to become second in the championship is a phenomenal group. That being said, uh, with respect to him being the, being a F1 driver, he's doing as much as he can uh, to make sure that he stays on the top. He's bringing consistent podiums. Yeah, like every other driver, leaving out Max because he's in another league of zone. Uh, every other driver who he every he also was con, con, not consistently performing. He was he was good at the start. He had a very rough mid-patch and then he rose back in the ranks. So, he, I would say Red Bull as a team uh, is very stringent. It's cutthroat when it comes to drivers because we already seen a lot of mid-race retirement, mid-race sacking of drivers. With Perez, it will not happen because he's still trying to climb up even though he has his own black flaws and things like that. So that being said, um, I would still say that Perez will still continue with Red Bull uh, for at least one or two years until we see a different performance because as age grows, you might have to find it difficult to sit in an F1 car, unlike Lewis Hamilton, who is a league of his own. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I would still say that Perez will still be there with Red Bull at least for the next one year and then it's him who has to decide or probably Helmut who has to decide. When it comes to Mercedes, uh, now that uh, we have one confirmed driver, obviously Russell and uh, we, uh, the, the other driver is not confirmed yet. Uh, they, we have been having rumors that uh, I've been seeing some news that Lewis has signed the contract for extension. Some says he has not signed still. So, Lewis getting extended in F1 is still a question mark. Uh, he is also one of the greatest, but uh, let's see who comes as a second driver. I'm still excited to see who will be if Lewis Hamilton retires. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think Lewis has not confirmed yet. But what Toto said is that they've in verbally they've kind of finalized it. They just need to do some paperwork to close it out. And to your point, there were rumors that Leclerc had been reached out to in case Hamilton were to not, for them not to work out with Hamilton. But looks like they're probably just going to close the door there and we're going to see the same team that we saw this year uh, going up into next year and onwards. Uh, your thoughts on that, Sunny? Along with that, we can then probably talk about Another team that's done pretty well this year, especially one of the drivers from an Aston Martin perspective. And Narin, if you talk about age, he's a 42-year-old driver on the F1 track. 
yeah, so very quickly, my thoughts on Mercedes. It's very clear that uh, Hamilton is probably going to stick with Mercedes. And seeing, oh, well, yeah, Fernando's another four or five years older than me, and he's still going strong, so why can't I do another four or five years at least, or maybe even beyond that? So that's probably how um, Hamilton's looking at it. So there's no reason why Hamilton's going anywhere else except Mercedes. And all of these rumors, I think, are just rumors. Probably should be just better to be ignored. Lineup. Aston Martin, Fernando is um, doing well over there. Despite the slight dip in performance off late, I think they might uh, get their mojo back. It's just a matter of time. These uh, fluctuations in performance will always happen. Um, I think overall, Fernando is happy over there. And he is thriving in the beginning. At the beginning of the season, he was you could see the 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 glow on Fernando's face, and it was it was really quite a, quite a story. I think that's going to continue for a while. And of course, Lance Stroll, yeah, of course, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, but it's it's likely that Lance will will definitely be staying at Aston Martin as well. Of course, we all know that his father owns the team, and that's how it is sometimes. Yep, that it is what it is. Until he gets bored and he tells his dad that let's move on. But with that, uh, Naren, let's probably move on to the other uh, Mercedes, which is McLaren. We've had, I would say, a good jump up in the last few races with both the drivers competing for the points and the podium. Yeah, I think uh, if I understand, if I know it correct, uh, both the drivers have an extended contract till next year or even 2025 so uh, for in my perspective yeah Lando has to just do what he's been doing right now just stay calm on the track and uh, do whatever he wants to and PS3 is ex a little more than excellent uh, for, a, for a rookie driver and uh, he's actually been doing really well uh, good that he did not go to Alpine and got stuck in uh, McLaren and so he's performing well because Alpine is nowhere uh, near to you know being in the second or third. Um, let's see how it performs. If Zach Brown was even more uh, was saying that he'll be even focused more on the next car, next year's car. So if if the next year car is similar to what they have now, or even better, uh, we can still see someone uh, like PS3 going on the tops. Uh, achieving podiums, if not in the top of the drivers, at least in the top 10 of the drivers' points lineup. So that's something I would be exciting to see for the next year. That makes sense. And he's been putting some pressure on Lando, at least in the last few races, whereas Lando is the more experienced driver relative to him. So I think it's an exciting space for McLaren to see both the drivers picking up with the car that they have. And like you said, if the focus into next year means an improved car, we're going to see a lot more excitement again in the middle range till everyone can pick up and catch up with Red Bull. But that brings us to the other constructor that's always started off with great optimism, but somehow managed to get back into the mid range. And that's the red Ferrari. Sunny, what are your thoughts about Ferrari? Again, I think Leclerc has probably got the extended contract and he's the blue-eyed boy for Ferrari. So he's going to stick around for a while. But that brings us to the question of Carlos Sainz. Uh, Sunny, I think you just got on mute. 
like you pointed out, Vivek, Leclerc is the blue-eyed boy at Ferrari. And at the moment, there are only rumors that the extended contract has been signed. Nothing has been officially confirmed or no news has been released yet. There are strong rumors, but they are rumors and we need to um, take that with a pinch of salt. Um, but we do know that Ferrari are keen to secure Leclerc services for the long term. And we also know that um, science is signed to the end of 2024, next year. In fact, even Leclerc is signed to the end of 2024. And the extension, if any, will be beyond that. So we both will have both of them till the end of next year. So we are the news surrounding Leclerc is imminent. We might hear an announcement anytime soon. Now, regarding science, again, these are all rumors. Like how Leclerc, the situation is all rumors. Even with science, these are all rumors. But we we hear, and let me confess that whatever I'm about to say, please take it with a huge tablespoon of salt. This there could be a lot of truth in this, or even no truth in this. So the rumor is that um, Leclerc is due to extend, but science, we're not sure. So science is looking at alternatives. And one strong possibility is the Audi team that is coming in 2026 for the next rule reset. So if science goes there, then he will be with the Audi team for 2025 just to settle into the team and understand what the team is like. And then for the new rules reset in 2026, he'll uh, he wants to see how fast and how well Audi will do. So this is, of course, the, the rumor. Nothing is said yet, but this is what we have. Yeah, and I think, I mean, honestly, even if it's a rumor, I feel like it might actually be a good move for him if he gets to be the number one driver there. And Audi is untested at this time, so you never know where they would find themselves in the pack. But a quick wrap-up of the rest of the constructors that we have. You know, they've all had their highs this year compared to previous years. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Narayan, on the whole, amongst the other constructors? What are the high points for you to look out for? Okay, so let's quickly start with uh, Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo has uh, Valtteri Bottas contracted until 2024. Next driver is still open. We, we, we will not probably be sure if uh, Joe and you will con uh, continue. Uh, for uh, Alpha Tori, both the both the driver lineups are still open for 2024 for the 2024 season. So if if both the drivers of Ricardo and Sonata perform better, they are in. Else Alpha, you know Alpha Tori, they will sack and find new drivers. With respect to uh, Alpine, Alpine, Alpine are still in a safe zone because Ocon has a contract till 2024 and uh, Gasly has a multi-year deal. So mm, they they have been uh, with the driver line, drivers lineup. Yes, they have been uh, safe, but now we have some changes with the team principal and stuff like that. So I don't know what is the future for Alpine for this year and probably for the next year also. And finally, Williams, uh, we have Albon who has a multi-year deal, which means that the second driver, Logan Sargent, is still a question mark and we might not know what is happening. So if Sargent performs as equally as Albon, he might still have a contract. They have to improve both the car and the driver, yeah, which, is, uh, say, which is said and done. But uh, let's see. So we have a lot of drivers to be decided. Uh, so, the drive line of 2024 will be a little too exciting. 
and there's a huge pipeline of drivers who have come in and stayed out and are available in the market just waiting for the seats to open up. Uh, Sunny, from your perspective, with the other constructors, any key highlights that you want to share? And then I would want to ask you about the drama that's happening in Haas outside the track. No, I think that Ines pointed it out very well. It's pretty much summarized everything that, that there is to say about the, uh, the other teams at the moment. Then I would ask you about the other drama that Haas has right now with uh, Gunther and Haas sort of fighting it out in terms of the 50% ownership that Gunther states that he has as a co-owner and he feels that he's being pushed out. And a lot of these conversations seem to be happening because Haas might be in the market to be sold out and Gunther wants to make sure that he gets his 50% whenever that sale happens. So, um, at the, uh, we've only heard headline news about this. We, there are a lot of terms and conditions about these deals that we don't know. And it's also important to know that these contracts, right, even if there's a 50% ownership, there'll be a lot of clauses in that contract and in that shareholder agreement that we don't know. So, um, this is one for the lawyers to analyze. And um, it's going to be a lengthy drawn-up procedure before we get any kind of you know, bottom line on this. So at the moment, I would refrain from saying anything because we haven't gone through all of the details. And even if we have gone through all the details, there'll be a lot of sub-clauses that, that, that will require a lot of legal untangling before we can derive a conclusion. But do you think it would be a good move for Haas to be like the current ownership folks to just sell out? I mean, it'd obviously be a good deal for them uh, considering the investment Definitely. that they came in. And Haas came up with a smart idea, right? He didn't start from scratch sort of tied up with Ferrari, got all the baseline uh, technical details, the teams, you know, all that work out so that he didn't have to start from scratch. So I would say overall, he's got a good investment that he's brought in. And then with Gunther, with all the experience that he had and that he brought into the team, I think they've got themselves a good investment that they could potentially walk out of with the profit. But what would that mean from the sport perspective? May I? Yeah. So F1 is a business. And um, if I was in, in a F1 team's uh, team owners, team owners, not team principal, team owner, then I would consider now is the time to sell because let us not forget that 2021 was the greatest F1 season in history, not more than two years back. And now we are starting to see that popularity slightly starting to wane, but it is still at an all-time high. I think the popularity of F1 is still at an all-time high. Every weekend, we see 400,000, 500,000 plus spectators at the venue. Uh, this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. The number of races that we're going to every year, the popularity, DTS also behind the scenes on Netflix, the number of viewers there. This has reached, in my opinion, a euphoric level, and you always sell when the price is high. Yep. With that, uh, we, I think we're probably close to an end to our mid-season review. Uh, like Sunny started off with, it's been business as usual for most of the year. And it might seem the same for the first spot at towards the end of the year. And we're trying to just figure out like what's keeping Max pushing the limits race after race. Like, I mean, he could actually just chill and still do like a five-second uh, gap over the second person. But he clearly seems to be pushing it to a 20 seconds so that he can... Taken that extra pit stop 
just for the heck so that he can get the fastest, make sure that he keeps continuing getting the fastest lap. Uh, home ground is going to be all orange at the Dutch Grand Prix. So we know what the fans are going to be excited about. Probably might hit the 500,000 mark for all you know. But once again, thanks Nareen and uh, Sunny for all your thoughts about the season so far and what we can expect into the uh, season that's remaining and into the year that's going forward with respect to the driver move around. With that, to our viewers, thank you for listening in. It's been a long season so far and we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments in the chat box. And if there are any topics you want us to cover, feel free to reach out and keep listening in, share and subscribe. With that, thanks everyone. Good evening and see you uh, end of the month at the Dutch Grand Prix.